I have a message today, and I call it a message on purity. And then somebody, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the typical stuff. I'm talking about you and I walking in a year of purity. I'm not saying you're unpure. I want to heighten the purity of my life and of your life. I want to walk righteous. We are righteous. We, when we got born again, we became righteous. And, but we need to walk righteous. Uh, some of us have children that are not walking the line with us. They're not walking in step. Therefore, if they're not walking in step, then you didn't necessarily see them over the holidays or over your birthday or something like that. But you see, again, my daughter and son, by marriage, but son and grandchild, happen to be with me today. Why? Because we're in, we're, we're, we have a pure relationship. We're, it's a wholesome relationship is what I mean by this, that we are in unity of heart. So not only am I, uh, did they come to church with me, but I'm staying at their home. They live in the area. And I was able to go to church with them last night at their church and then come be here today. So I have these scriptures. I've passed out these papers so that you can take them home. You can meditate on them because I believe that this year, 2022, can, can, can be and will be, if you'll work it, the greatest year of your life. Now, don't get upset with me, but I have, I have had a very blessed time Greatest year of my life was 2020. I know it was a very tough year for a lot of people, but it was the greatest year of my life. We never missed a service. I never had a COVID person in my church. It, it, we had more money and people join online, and it was just the greatest year. And then came 2021, and guess what it was? It was better than 2020. No, and all, and I, I got to tell you, again, Work with me now because I want you to have the best year of your life. I don't want you to forget those things which are behind. Forget about the fact that you had a rough 2020 or a 2021 or maybe the whole decade of the 18s and the 19s and the 20s. I want you to, to, to look and think of relationship with God. I want to see you work harder than you've ever worked for the kingdom. Not, not that it's not of works, lest any man can boast, but I, I want you to think of I, my marriage uh, when I hit the 30, I was coming to the 30-year mark. I made a decision that I was going to not reinvent, but I was going to make a greater effort than I ever had before. Because sometimes in marriage, at work, in church, with God, we start slipping a little bit. We, and I don't know that I slipped, but I said, I'm going to take these next years of my life and I'm going to make my marriage better than ever. And I'm going I'm to work on it night and day. It's going to be on the forefront of my mind. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful for my precious bride. Now, this, this, is, what I wanna, this, is, this is what 2022 is going to be for me. And I want to take you with me. Say, I don't want to leave you home. I, I'm, I'm one of those, let's, let's get a bus. I, I, don't want, I don't have a two-seater car. If you have one, God bless you. But uh, me and my children, we all have bigger vehicles. And my one daughter's got one of them sprinters or whatever it is. You know, you can fit 16 or 17 people in. Now, she does have six children, so that, you know, that, that contributes some. But my, my point to you, I like to get up a group. Because if we're going to go, let's all have fun. 
if we're going to go, let's all be blessed. I, I don't want me to have this great year, not you, I don't want anybody to, I'm having this great year and you're having this horrible year. Now, stuff's going to happen, folks. I get it. I get it that stuff's going to happen. But I'm talking about the fact that we're going to make every effort to work on our relationship with God. And working on that relationship with God, we're going to be tighter than we've ever been. It's not that you've been distant. I just want to be closer. I want to walk like Christ walked. I want to be able to only say what I hear my Father in heaven say and only do what I see my Father in heaven do. Because you know what? That lines me up for perfection. That lines me up for always having the prayer answer. That lines me up for every need being met. That lines me up for the best days of my life. Now, I want to read these. I'm going to read these real quick, okay? But these are four words that I heard for the year of correction, a year of correction. Now, listen. God corrects those he loves. And listen, I love to be corrected. I have to have my tie straightened before I go out and get on that platform. They, this young man comes and looks at me and makes sure, because sometimes I got a hair out of place or something. So correction's good. And if, if you have a, a, a purity of relationship, then we can correct one another. If that, if that relationship's not pure and wholesome, uh, husbands and wives, sometimes you ever get on those subjects, you know those subjects, and when as soon as they come up, turns into a war, you know when it comes up, Katie by the door. So I, I'm just, uh, I'm saying to you, I, I don't want to do any of that uh, any, anymore. I, I've become this very gentle, not docile, but very, this very gentle, I don't want any disruptions, I want smoothness. So, okay, correction, let me go through this, I said quickly. Correction, direction. Who doesn't want directions? I don't like being lost. You know, we can do it all on our phones. Remember before we had maps, and then you pass the exit, and then you got to go up four miles, and then you got to come back around. And then I start speeding, which I don't even like to speed, but I start speeding to make up the time for the time I lost. So direction, we want direction. Protection, who doesn't want protection? And then we want perfection. You say, what's perfection? Well, really, the definition that I work off of out of the Bible is that perfection is adjusting and repairing daily. How often? Daily. See, I want to work on my marriage every day. I want to make sure I'm watching my diet every day. I'm an everyday guy. I take my vitamins every day. I make sure I have my bottles of water every day. And so those are, are the four primary words that I heard. But these, these are the words that God gave to me. And I believe that the words he gave to me that I'm working on with my congregation, that I'm working on in the different opportunities that I get to, to speak out for the Lord, is number one, connection. See, Pastor Brian and I are connected. That's, that's really why I'm here. I could be the greatest speaker in the world, but if we're not connected, it don't, it's not happening. See, the reason you're sitting next to the person you are is you're connected. And the tighter that connection, the better your life. So this is a year for connection. It's a year for purity, which I'm going to teach on. It's a, it's a year to eliminate non-producing things. Look at your life. I would guesstimate, because I see, I've talked with many people, that God helped eliminate things out of my life. I'm not talking about gambling, drinking, smoking. I'm talking about things that... I just was doing that they weren't horrible. 
Most of us are doing it. It's just God said, take it out of your life. And so eliminate things that are non-producing because whatever produces, the young kids, my grandchildren, I get around them, they're on their phones. And they're watching a video or playing a game. And then you get in, in their bedroom and guess what they're doing? They're watching a video, they're playing a game. See, they, there's no production in that other than a good time. Now, I'm not knocking, I'm not telling them to stop, I'm not telling you to stop, but I know people, they get on Scrabble. They're on their phone. Any of you play Scrabble? No, no Scrabble players in the house. And they play Scrabble. And other people play whatever. I just don't have time for something that doesn't produce. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting any younger. And I'm not old, but I'm not getting any younger. And I want to stay sharp and produce. Okay, so it's eliminate the non-producing and then production. So if we eliminate the non-production, then what do we do? We open ourselves up to Production. See, again, what are those babies? They produced. Be fruitful. Multiply. Now, some of us, you know, no longer want children. I asked my wife a couple years ago, I said, what do you think about having another baby? And I don't, we'll, we'll drop that. That did, not, that did not go over big because I, I'm all about babies. But, um, and then uh, accuracy. We, we, need to, we need to be in accuracy. I, I want to be right. This is a crazy world. You don't know. Come on, they, they shoot. we haven't had one in a while, but they shoot up theaters. They're, come on, bridges collapse. Stuff is weird. You know, you, you, you got to pray about, when I say pray, you need to communicate. You need to communicate with God and be in continual, well, most of us have a cell phone. I have one somewhere, not with me here. And I, if, that, if it comes up, Cindy, that happens to be my wife, guess what? If we're in the middle of whatever we're in, guess what? Time out. The priority, you see, is coming up. You need to do that same thing with the people that are the, the most important in your life. And you need to do that also with, with God. I, you need to be constantly on alert, constantly in communication. You, you mean, are you the two of you talking right now? He's talked to me many times in the middle of a message, and he can break in at any time, and I believe he's helping guide and direct the things that I say, even though I've studied, prepared, made my handouts, done that stuff. I want accuracy. Come on, anybody here that, that goes hunting or uh, target shooting, you want accuracy. You want your scope sighted right. You want, you want, come on, you, you, if you're going to saddle up your horse, you want to you make sure everything's cinched up right. You, you want accuracy. I, want, I, I don't want misses. Right. I don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't want to be doing the, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I've said the wrong thing too many times in the course of my life. It didn't bring any benefit. I want to be accurate. Again, only saying what I hear my Father in heaven say. So let's go through these. Okay, number one is purity of purpose. And this is Proverbs 16, 2. And if anybody asks you what is Bill Krause's favorite scripture in the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, it's Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 2. And the ways of a man or a woman, a human, that's human being, that is not referring to the male species. The ways of a man seem right in his own eyes, but God judges the heart or the motive or the intent or the purpose. See, God's looking at your heart. We're looking at uh, our new nails and our, our new car, and we're, we're looking at the outside of our bodies changed a little bit. And we're, we're looking, we, we have a tendency to look in the outside. But God's looking, and you need to have, if you're going to have purity, the first one you want to have is purity of purpose. 
you want to make sure that your purpose is right because everybody thinks they're right. Come on, help me out here. Y'all did something yesterday and you believe you did the right thing, but we all didn't do the same thing and I'm not saying we should have. I'm saying this, that we believe what we did was right. Talk to your kids. Why'd you do that? It was, it was what I wanted to do. So the first thing of purity is I want you to think on purpose, bring this scripture up, cut this thing. Well, it's a print on both sides, but put, put up cards in your house, your car, go through these scriptures, purity of purpose. I want to make sure that I'm doing this for God. I don't want to do it because I'm selfish. I want to do it because I'm selfless. Well, what, when, when do I get taken care of? Listen, I am well taken care of because God said, I believe it's in the Proverbs today, Proverbs 16. Uh, I read the Proverbs every day. I read 16, and then I read five times that as the Psalms, and I've done that for a whole bunch of years. The point being is that it says, God will make even your enemies to find favor with you. So you want to be lined up with God. Again, I want to be purity of relationship with God. This is so important because I believe your year. I was in Iceland a couple, two, three years ago. Uh, my daughter wanted to go there for her birthday, and I took her, her and her husband. And we went to this place and got on a boat. It was the worst part of my trip. And we went out amongst these icebergs. And if you know icebergs, you've heard it many times in your life, 10% is above water and 90% is below the water. I'm telling you folks, whatever you've been blessed with at any time, any year of your life, will be a snow cap on an iceberg. So 10% is all we're seeing of the whole iceberg, and all we're seeing of the blessings you've had so far are a snow cap on top of that. No, I don't care if the snow cap's a foot thick, and it's not usually, then, then you are gonna be blessed this year. Somebody say this year. I want you to forget about last year and the year before if it didn't work out. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, and I'm not mad, and God's not mad, and you shouldn't be mad, but I believe if we'll get closer. My, uh, uh, my family, uh, we took a, a trip to Washington, D.C. a number of years ago, and uh, I rented the ho I paid for the trip, I rent the hotel, uh, and the hotel serves breakfast. And then uh, we had some kind of dinner plans. So I told them, listen, here's the deal. If you're with me at lunchtime, I'm buying your lunch. Do you know something? For that whole week, 10 days, whatever we were gone, my whole family always found me at lunchtime. <laughs> did, 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 right? Be, because, see, because of purity of relationship, they wanted to eat lunch with me. But if we're not in the purity of the relationship, if you're mad at the person that you're sitting around or someone in your life, then, then you're not listening to them. You're, you're not eligible for correction. You're not er eligible for, for protection because you, I can only protect those members of my family that are in connection with me. I can only use my resources. It's not that I wouldn't do anything for any one of my children. He mentioned my 22 grandchildren. I do have 22. I wanted 25. My children disappointed me. <laughs> Forgive, forget, move on. I am shooting for 100 great-grands. And I have found a better way to ensure that, and somebody's going to come through for me. So, the, see, relationship. 
God wants you and I close. So if we're going to be in relationship, you got to make sure. Why did you? Did you let your wife go on that trip so you could go on your trip? I mean, she deserved to go on a trip, but is that what you let her go so you can come up and say, remember the trip you went on? Now me and the boys are going on this trip. See, I let you buy that thing or you bought that thing. And, and now what, what are we going to do here? Oh, yeah, I need a new gun. I need a new whatever. Um, help me out here. See, purity of purpose. If you'll make your purpose right. If there's a Psalm 5110, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I've had very devout, holy Christians say, oh, I don't need to pray that. I was born again. I get it. My wife keeps our house clean, and I keep my vehicles clean. But guess what? I have to run it through the car wash regularly, and we have to have either the cleaners come in or my wife comes in. If we use plates, we got to clean them. My life needs touching up. Your life needs touching up, and if we'll stay open to it, it'll work well. All right, next one I have is purity of mind. Well, again, another great scripture. They're all great. Purity of mind, that's your thoughts. And that's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It's, it's a long verse, but it's a great verse. Finally, brethren, listen, you want to have a pure life, you're going to have to get your mind in order. Sin starts in your mind. Whatever, if you committed a sin last week, you first thought about it. See, remember when we were sinners? My God, we wake up in the morning. We just sin naturally. Nobody had to encourage us. We didn't need any reminders. We sinned. But now as believers, you and I have to dutifully meditate. Well, really? Oh, God will understand. You ever hear the people that are living in sin? Well, God understands. He understands I have that need. He understands whatever. Yes, he does. He understands you're in sin. You need to think on the right thing. And purity of mind is Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, finally, whatever things are true, think on the true things. Listen, you watch the news, maybe cut back a little. Here's the point. Who's right? You watch the one channel, they've got this viewpoint, you got the, and I know you think the channel that thinks like you is right, but who's right? See, we gotta go, if it's not based off the Bible, there's a good chance it's not gonna be true. So whatever things are true, whatever things are noble or lovely, whatever things are just, what, see, we're, we're not into fair, folks. Come on, help me out here. Don't, don't your kids, your grandkids, your spouse say, that's not fair. What's fair? Fair is what you say is fair. But we, we're not into fairness, we're into justness. Whatever things are pure, pure, folks. We can't be living in sin and living in, in blame and living in foolishness. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy. Listen, get, oh, what did the, what did that preacher say? He's standing right here. Remember his quote? You, you, if you're going to prayer and you're more burdened coming out than you went in, he said, you're, you're probably complaining, not praying. See, folks, what's praiseworthy? What is your spouse doing right? What are your kids doing right? What is your company doing right? What is your, that employee that's a troublesome to you? Uh, one of my uh, children going through a little bump in one of their business deals, and 
they're, they're doing the right thing. They say, I'm going to believe them. I raised them. Uh, so they're, they're doing the, the, the right thing, and they want to do something. Well, I said, change your name. I, I preach a message called, call them what you want them. See, do you ever notice that you say things about your terrible two? Your sassy Bobby, whatever, whatever you say about them. You're, you're reinforcing what you don't want. You want, to, you want to find something praiseworthy. You want to find something good. I said, start calling them a good name. I'll tell you a quick story, and then I've got to move on to my next one. I'm, I'm working with, I, I preach the message. It's all in the name. Okay, there's a gal in my church. She is single mom, three children, uh, was totally immersed in debt and lost her buildings and all kinds of things, and now she's very prosperous and very blessed. But her, her ex-husband never gave any spousal support, never. Never gave a penny to help with the kids. So what happened? I preached this change the name. She starts calling him a provider. She starts saying good things about it. See, something praiseworthy. That's why I didn't lose my spot. Something praiseworthy. And that man has now from then when she changed what she was calling him, Change from being a non-provider to being, I don't know that he does his share, but he's doing a whole lot more than he used to do. See, I'm not into the books, but who's hearing what I'm saying? Change the name. Find something praiseworthy. God is into praising, not condemning. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you need to get back to praising your spouse, even though sometimes they're a louse. You get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Anything that is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on those things. You, you got to get locked and loaded, folks. You got you to meditate because um, my beloved wife, she has a, a, a mind like a steel trap. She can remember what I was wearing on the day that I, whatever I did, whether it was good or whether it was bad. I say, honey, just stay on the good. Even if there's only five things, no. No matter how many, many there are or aren't, stay on the good things because as soon as she starts thinking on that good thing, guess what? She's happy with me, life's good, Jesus is Lord, let's go out dancing. But if she remembers that time and that mistake, guess what happens? She does that and I walk in the door and she goes, Brr. Now it's only happened twice, but you get the drift. All right, let me go to the next one. Purity of action or your hands. I like this one because it doubles up. Psalm 24.4, only those whose hands and hearts, remember first one was hearts, are pure. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. You want pure hands. And Come on, we're, aren't we all big into clean? Wash your hands for 30 seconds, use soap and water. Before it was only went to the bathroom, now it's when you do anything. And we all have these wipes and stuff. Why? For clean hands. We need to make sure we have clean hands with God. Not, not just clean hands with man. We want to have clean hands with God and hearts and pure who do not worship idols and never... Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Ready? Brace yourself. Everybody reading that one? And never tell L-I-E-S. Never tell lies. Wow. I can see it's going over big, but let me tell you something. If you're a liar, and most people are, every man is a liar is what God says in his word. If you 
would ask the Holy Spirit, he would quicken you of where you're exaggerating, where you're embellishing the truth, where you are leaving out parts of the truth, and where you're flat out lying. And let me tell you something. Liars will not get into heaven. I didn't determine that. You say, well, I'm born again. I just lie. Whoa, what happened to Jesus as Lord? Help me out here. See, we don't want to be lying. We want to make sure that we're walking in the fullness. Those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Do you have an idol in your life? Again, we're back to remember, eliminating what's not productive. Is there something bigger in your life than God? I've been preaching a message at the church. It's not, I don't preach, I couldn't say, sign up for this CD, number 701 or whatever, and get it. But I keep, this keeps coming out of me. If God, ready? If God is not number one, he is not number two. Love the Lord thy God with the whole heart, the whole soul, the whole mind, and all of thy strength. You know why God put that? Because if he is not number one, he is not number two. He's number 23, 24. You fit the Bible readings in. You fit church in. You fit prayer in. You fit tithing in. You fit, you fit the things of God in. No, 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 no. Love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, thy whole soul, thy whole mind, and all of thy strength. If God is not number one, he is not number two. Check anybody's life out. If he's not number one, He's not number two. Why? Because anything and everything will crowd out God given a chance. You, you can be born again, spirit-filled, love God, come to church, pay your tithe. But if you don't keep God at the top, remember I had to move my marriage because of starting a church and having the five kids and doing all those things, just life. I had to make sure I bumped that woman back up to uno number one. And you want to check yourself for this year of God doing great things in your life, bringing about the best of the best, because if you're with God, he can do a lot more for you than if you're not. Now, I know God's everywhere. God is everywhere, but we're not in connection with him. If we're in connection with him, then he's right there and can do it, and we can hear him. But if I'm consumed by my false idol... If I'm consumed by my games or my sport or my team or whatever, I'm not going to be attuned. I remember this uh, time I'm at the mall and it's playoff season and there's two police officers and they're standing in front of this large screen TV and as they're standing there, they're all engrossed in the game. And I said to myself when I watched them, I could have come up behind them, beat them on the head, stole their gun, they wouldn't even known it. I could have robbed the place. Why? Because they were so consumed, distracted by that game. I didn't say don't watch the game. It's just that if I'm going to go to the game, I'm going to make sure that while I'm watching the game, I'm still staying in tune with God. If I am going to go to the movies, I'm going to pray in the spirit and make sure that I'm not so consumed with the movie that I can't hear from the master while I'm sitting there. If he's not number one, folks, he's not number two. Make sure you're getting rid of the false idols in your Life And you don't have to deal with them all at once. Just do one a day for the next year. <laughs> I, I'm, it's true. If he's not number one, he's not number two. Let me give you the next one. Purity of vision or seeing. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
I'm looking forward to preaching more on this message because it confuses people. Because I get up and I say to you, look at if you have a pure heart, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. So when you look at me right now, you should see God. Wait a minute. When I look at you, you should see God. But here's the deal. God loves everybody. And if you don't watch it, there's people you see or look at, if you're not pure in heart, that you look at and you can condemn them or judge them or think less of them or little of them because of the way they dress or whatever they've done to their body or whatever. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Bless other, because I want to look at you and see hungry. I want to look at you and see blessed. Why? Because you're in church. And maybe God wasn't number one, but now you're reminded. Blessed are the people. What do you see when you, and the world's a mess, I'm fully aware. You don't have to explain to me. Come on, Bill, wake up, the world's a mess. Yes, it's a mess. But guess what? My God is still here. My God is still working in my life. My God is still blessing me. My health is working. My life is working. Why? Because blessed are the pure in heart. So when I, you know the old story, right? You walk in a room and there's all the manure. I'm looking for the pony. I want to know where the pony's at. I'm, I'm looking for the, the, the silver lining of the cloud. I want to know what's going to work. And, and I, I don't have time to camp here, but blessed, 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 that's me, that's you, are the pure in heart. Because what I see is hope. I, don't, I see a dark world, but I see hope. I see people sick, but I see hope. I see a national debt that's staggering, but I see hope. I see politics a mess, any side, any part of the aisle, basically, but I see hope. Because blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What are you seeing when you're looking out there? I, again, I'm not, I'm not crazy, I'm not stupid, but I'm telling you, I see hope. I see the God of glory. I see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for me. And guess what? For you. Now, are you going to tap into that intercession or are you going to complain? Are you, when you go into prayer, do you, that was a good word. I think that was Jonathan. Now, that was a good word. I said, my God. You go into prayer and you come out, oh my God, shackled by a heavy burden. No, no, we should come out of prayer, rejoice and dance and celebrate. And we just spent time with the master. I don't mean just talking. You ever get together with your spouse? It's a one-sided conversation. They say, I want to talk to you. I don't like those words. I want to talk to you. That usually means this is not going to be a discussion. This is going to be a lecture. And a lecture is a one-sided conversation where I tell you what I want, what you should do, how it should be, and that's the end of it. No, folks, we're supposed to communicate. I'm supposed to talk to God, then I'm supposed to button the lips up so I can hear what God said. And when I hear what God said, he's giving me the answer. I can tell him the problem, but you don't have to go too long on a problem. And you know what I find out? You want to solve most of your problems? Work on you. My wife and I both, I think she started it. We preach. We, you, you draw a circle around you. Then you deal with everybody in a circle. Because our tendency is I want to deal with you. you. Come on, you got the problem. You're the one that didn't come on time. You're the one that didn't do this. I know what I'm doing. What's wrong with you? No, 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 no. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. All right. Now we have purity of resources, finances. Listen, I'm a finance guy. I, 
I don't love money, but I really like what it does. I like what it, that it preaches the gospel. I, I love that it, it helps me wear clothes. I, I, I love that I can take my wife out to dinner. I love that I can send missionaries to the mission field. Uh, I, I, I like all that, yeah. But you see, you need to have purity in your finances. Who's in control? Most people in, in our society today are deeply in debt. As there's no hope in debt. There's no tomorrow. I don't care, 2%, 1%, quarter percent. Debt is debt. No payments for 90 days or no interest for 90 days. You're, you, the interest was built in on the front end. Listen to me. So what do you want to have? Purity of resources or finances. James chapter 1, verse 27. This is in the TPT translation. True spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God, right? And whose eyes? See, we all remember back to Proverbs 16, 2. We all think we're right, but we got to make sure we're right with who? With God. Make a difference in the lives of orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not getting caught up in the world's values. I'm not going to buy some $400 pair of tennis shoes that's got some guy's name on them because the world says I'm going to jump higher. You're not going to jump any higher. You're going to make him rich and his pocketbook's going to go higher. But see, I, I don't want to get caught up in the world's values. I don't want to go get a new truck because my neighbor got a new truck. I don't want to try to do something because the world values that. Listen, um, a friend of mine uh, goes to my church and he's also, you know, we, I, I, I coach him in business and, and we're friends. And so we're talking and he's the leader of a large soccer you know, group, okay, he's the president. And he says, people will come to him and say, oh, can you please help us with the registration fee because we don't have enough money. I have three kids and I can, I can only pay for two, not all three. But they've got these nails on that cost 120 bucks. <laughs> see, see, where is your value? I didn't say don't have the $120 nails or whatever you want to do. I, I take care of my body. I make sure uh, I spend a lot of money on my physical. And my, my, even my own doctor at home says, listen, listen, uh, we, we can give you all that for, for here. No, you can't. I'm paying these thousands. Of, I am to go to the Cooper Clinic. You know, I'm not selling it. I'm just telling you, I go, I've been going for 25 years because I'm taking care of this body. And the world doesn't value their body today. The world wants to medicate to take care of their health, not eat better or exercise or something. So I'm asking you don't to consider not getting caught up in the values of this world. Why? Because they're messed up. And when you want to be like them or equal to them, you want to be like Jesus. You want to be like your pastor. You want to be, uh, you want to have your, your family in righteousness and order. You don't, you don't want to be doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. You don't want to have the values of the world that it's okay to live together even though we're not married. You, you don't want to have the values that it's okay to lie. You don't want to have the values that it's okay to cheat. It's income tax time. We're coming up to it, right? Lest you be tempted, let me remind you, God is watching you do your taxes. If you just give a lot more, you won't have any tax problems. Okay, anyways. 
make a difference in the lives of orphans? Come on, who are you helping? Who are you helping take care of? I have a widow woman in my church. She has a mortgage on her home, and my wife and I every month, been doing it for some number of years, give, she makes her payment. I don't help with payments. I'm, I'm, I and my wife are giving her $500 each month to do what? Go on the principal to pay the house off. And what does she do? I have budget counselor working with her, and then she's paying $500 out of her budget, and I, my wife and I are paying $500, so $1,000 every month, in addition to her regular payment, is going on the principal of that house. Because she, why did I, God told me to do it, but she happens to be an orphan, or a widow, excuse me. She happens to be a widow. What, what are you doing for those that are less fortunate? See, some of us like to do for less fortunate than we do for, for somebody blessed. I like to do for blessed, and I like to do for less fortunate. I want to do for anybody that God directs me to, but many people for, for, uh, focus on just the less, all right? Widows and their troubles, and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. Lord, there's, the Lord will show you there's nothing in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. I don't want to be like them. I, I'm not against them. I don't judge them. I don't judge their sexuality. I don't judge what they do. I don't judge how they do it. But the Bible is very clear on what's right, what's wrong, what, what is true, what is just, what is pure, what is holy. Now, live the life you want, but maybe you should go to God and find out what his value is in that. Don't just, Proverbs 16, 2, the ways of a man seem right in his own eye. Go to God and say, God, what is your value here? What is your purpose here? What are you trying to accomplish? All right? All right. I believe this is the right, last one, right? Purity of speech? Yes. Okay. And I get, y'all got a paper, right? Anybody need a paper? Everybody's got them. Thank God for staff. Okay. Purity of speech. I hope I'm helping you because why, why am I preaching this? Why am I preaching this? I'm preaching this to bring a higher level of closeness of a relationship. God is a holy God. God is a pure God. God is all into righteousness, right standing. That's why Jesus came, died on the cross for you, for me. I got saved, and now I'm living for him. But I don't want his blood, which he paid for all sin, to have to pay for any more of my new sin. I don't want to stay, you know, just because he paid for it all, keep adding to the sin column. I want things to be pure, just, holy, true, right. So here we are. Purity of speech. If you can get this down, who's hearing me? If you can get your mouth down. This has been my biggest challenge in life, and that's why I confess every day I only say what I hear my Father in heaven say. Anybody hear anybody over uh, 80 talk? They say, well, now that I'm 80, I can say whatever I want. You ever heard that? I've heard it many, many times. You know what? I, when I started hearing that years ago, and I knew this, that we're only supposed to say what God said, I said, God, I'm starting now, because eventually I'm going to be 80. And I don't want to say what I feel like saying. I don't want to be able to just cut loose at any time. Words sting. Words hurt. Words pierce. Words damage lives. But words bring life. Words bring hope. Words bring change. 
Again, if you'll start calling the name of that person, it's a little bit of a trouble in your life, and you'll start loving them and saying nice things about them, we're supposed to love even the ugly, even the mean, even the coarse. I thank God that when I was in that condition, people loved me. Purity of speech, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you. Listen, anybody that's talking down judging people, you're calling them names, you're an idiot. They're, they're not content with themselves because people are gonna look, don't let anybody look down on you. See, you can call me the worst preacher, the worst whatever you want. I love you. I'm gonna just go on and live my life. I'm not gonna let your opinion, your action, your foulness, if you had it, change who I am. I'm gonna maintain loving you, caring about you, praying for you, serving you, no matter what you think, do, or say. But he's saying, don't let anyone look down on your youth. And don't let anybody look down on your old age. And don't let anybody look down on, on your gender. And don't let anybody look down on your color. And don't let anybody look down on your beliefs, if they're right. Don't let anyone look down on you, because you are young. But don't let them look down for anything. But... Set an example for the believers. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I are supposed to be an example. I want to be an example for you. I, I'm, I'm here to be an example. I, I, what kind of example, Bill? I want to be a good example. I read those Psalms and Proverbs every day. I've been doing it for years and years and years. I've done them hundreds of times. And guess what? Proverbs keep you in relationship with man. Psalms keep you in relationship with God. And all over the world, anywhere I go, all you got to do is look at a calendar, see the date. That's the Proverbs you read. Even if you have to do it longhand, multiply five times the date, and you'll know exactly what Psalms you're supposed to be reading today. God loves you, see? But what does it do? I want to be an example. In conduct, in, I want to be an example in speech. In conduct, I want to act right. I didn't always act right. Before I was saved, after I was saved, when I said it didn't act right, I, I was so loud. I was so loud. I always like it when my wife said, what did you say? Because I didn't say it loud enough because I used to talk so loud that I didn't need this microphone. And the neighbors over in those houses right over there, they didn't need to be in the service. They were going to hear what I said. The whole restaurant heard what I said. Now, I didn't get it. I have a dear friend of mine very wealthy lady. She's a good friend of my wife and I. And I tell her every time I see her, we'll take her out to dinner and do things with her and, and, and be a blessing to her how we can. And I say to her every time, thank you for believing in me when it wasn't as visible to other people. See, the gift is not always as easy to see in the beginning. Yeah, they say nice things about me, but they didn't all, all say nice things about me then. Why? Because I was loud. And I've got to make sure my conduct in love, in faith, and in purity. In love, in faith, and in, 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 in purity. Folks, come on. We're going to have the greatest year of our life. And the greatness of your year is going to be determined 
by you, I believe with all my heart, walking a pure life. And it's not that you're a dirty, impure, foul person. That's not what we're saying in any way. What we are saying is that there are slight imperfections. And we want to correct those. We want to spend more time with God, not less. We want to spend more time being distracted by these things that are, that are not beneficial to us. We want to come to a holiness, a hope. Our God's a holy God. And I'm telling you, he's longing, longing for time with you. He's longing for you to come in the morning and read your Bible. Um, just watched a, um, a preacher preach, and he said that if you read your Bible one time a week, this is from a study, and I can get it to your pastor if anybody's interested in it, then it, it, doesn't do, it doesn't work. And if you read your Bible two times only a week, it doesn't work. And if you ride your Bible three times, right? Because even if you have a Bible reading program, maybe sometimes you'll catch up in one or two days. No, you have to read the Bible four times a week. I'm not saying there's no effect, but to get the effect that God wants to work, you need to read the Bible four times. And they did this great big study. And the people that read their Bible four times or more a week are in church more, give more, healthier, better marriages, all these benefits Make sure that you're reading the Bible four or more days a week. It's not just doing a bunch of Bible reading. Come on, you ever been to school? Ever been to college? You know what they do? They cram it all, right? Get it all done, but they don't know anything. There's no benefit to it. Help me out here. See, God loves you, wants to be with you, wants to care for you, but you have to be aware of them. You have to be aware. I'll, I'll tell you, I have a website, BillKraus.com. I do financial seminars. You're invited. You can do them online or come live. I, I family, F-A-M-I-L-Y-C-C.org. That's my church website. And you can find other messages along these lines that are, that are there archived. I, I'm not selling me, but, but you see, if you go there, you'll know me more. If you watch more messages, you'll understand me better. This is part of me. This is not all of me. This is part of my family. There's 35 of us, I think it says, in, in our immediate family. So the five kids, 22 grand, so that's 10, 32, 34. And my wife and I is two, is 34. You're seeing a portion. The more of my family that you see, the more you'll love my wife and me. Seriously. Because it, it's not that they don't need growth or change in life, but they're awesome. So when you only see a part of God, when you only know him in a limited faction, you cannot draw off of all the gifts. There are many gifts and talents that I have. I can take a business, straight it out, straighten it out in short order. But if you don't know me in that capacity or let me in in that capacity, guess what? I can't help your business. We can be standing right next to each other. We can be riding in the same vehicle. We can go to lunch every day. But you're not allowing me to help you in your business. Guess what? 
you don't know me in that capacity. The more you know God, the more you understand God, the more you, you give number one to God, you're gonna be a stronger, better person. That's gonna, it's not that God's gonna, God's already blessed you with everything he's done. You're not gonna be blessed more because you read the Bible more. Because you read the Bible more, you're gonna be open to the blessings more. The more you get to know me, the more you'll know that I could help you with. The more I get to know you, the more I know that about you, the more I know you what you could help me with. Am I making sense? This is not some stress thing. This is not some, oh my God, I gotta be pure. No, I get to be pure. Gold, anybody ever, come on, you'd all, if I brought you all a pound of gold, you'd all be happy, whatever pound system I use, but you got 18 karat gold and 24 karat gold. One's purer than the other. One's stronger than the other. I want pure. God wants pure. God's looking for pure in you. He loves you. I love you. God bless you.